This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Man, family, you see the title of tonight's Solid Talk discussion. It says, have I been following a Christian cult? Man, family, we got to get into something because I'm just going to be honest with y'all straight up. And I'm going to talk just straight up and talk because whenever I got to walk on eggshells a little bit, y'all probably know I get very diplomatic. So my main goal is just to talk and really express what I've been experiencing. And so for the last month or so, I've been I've been kind of captivated by something. It's something that has caught my attention. I've been tuned in every time something new comes about it. And it's really something that has um, made me do a lot of thinking, right? A lot of thinking and what I've kind of been wondering is a few questions that I want to bounce off y'all and y'all can go ahead and, you know, start meditating on these questions. How do you recognize a cult? Now, before we even get into this, let me just be, let me say this real quick. I don't always know how to say the word cult, C-U-L-T. Sometimes I say cult, sometimes I say cult, cult, cult. I, it's hard for me to pronounce, so just forgive me. But these are the questions that I want to get through. How do you recognize a, a cult? Is there a such thing as a Christian cult? Is a pastor an authority figure? What does that look like, right? So if a pastor is an authority figure, what does that look like? How much rulership, how much dominion, how much authority does a pastor have over the life of one of his members, right? So we're going to kind of get through all of these because one of the things I've noticed, and some of y'all may have heard me say this before, is that the majority of the ministries that I follow pretty closely have all been accused of being a cult, almost all of them, right? And it's not too many. It's just a handful that I follow relatively closely, like people that I actually listen to in order to receive of them, like you know, with a little bit of reverence. And so what I realized is, you know, they've all kind of had this accusation and I don't, I never really thought too, too much of it because my mindset with that is normally what that can be is just a ministry that is actually abiding by the word of God. Now, if you abide by the word of God, it automatically means you're going to be countercultural. It automatically means you there needs to be something different about you from the world. So from the world's perspective, when they see a set apart people, right, in some people's minds, it's going to translate as a cult. You know what I mean? Because you look different from everybody else. You sound different from everybody else. But my question is, to what extent do we take that? And if somebody does start to operate as a cult, how do we recognize that? So I want to get into this with a quick story time. By the way, the link, if you want to join in on this conversation, if you've had any experience in this area or if you just want to weigh in or if you have some questions, it should be pinned at the top of both the YouTube and the Facebook live stream. But I want to go to a quick story time. This had to be maybe like 
2017, 2018, probably like 2017 ish. There was a ministry that I followed online and I'm not going to say him by name, mainly because I'm on the outside looking in. I don't have a dog in this fight. I haven't fully come to a conclusion because I mentioned that some of these ministries get called cults, but there's a lot of different motives behind that. Some people leave because they're offended and then they want to offend that ministry. Some people wanted certain positions and they didn't get those positions. So now all of a sudden it becomes a cult. Somebody hears something that they don't like and all of a sudden it becomes a cult. So sometimes it's the case. Sometimes it's not. In this particular scenario, you know, I'm I'm developing an opinion as I hear more, but I don't really want to involve myself too much because I'm loosely connected to these people. And, and I mean, like really loosely, like it's not even super, super, loose, super tight. Right. So let me just tell you what happened. I was following this ministry early in my walk. What I loved about this particular ministry, they had a YouTube channel, is that. They were serious. They were zealous about their walk. Most of what we see in our local churches, not all, is honestly a bunch of foolery. We talked about this last week. You see a bunch of games, a bunch of hooping and hollering, a bunch of craziness, a bunch of false doctrine. And so I'm new in the faith. I'm zealous. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, there has to be more. You know, this is my soul. I don't want to be having games I don't want to be joking and playing when this is something involving my soul meanwhile I'm also reading the Bible on my own I'm also being taught by the Holy Spirit on my own I'm having very intimate time very personal time with the Lord during this particular season he's laying the foundation of my walk and I'm starting to see the inconsistencies of what I'm seeing in my local church and 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 the the milk that I'm being fed there as opposed to what I'm reading on my own, which is just the meaty things. And I'm starting to ration in my mind. Why am I hearing these? You know, why? Why? Why is the Lord giving me the, the meat of the gospel? But every time I go to church, I don't get any of this. Like I'm learning more from at home and my personal study and my personal time with the Holy Spirit than I'm actually learning at my local church. And that's not to say that I, that I wasn't learning anything at my local church, but it's just to say that there, there was a, a distinct difference. And so when I came across this particular YouTube channel, I noticed that this person seemed to have gravity to his teachings. He seemed to have a zeal. He seemed to be serious about the walk. Right. And so I begin to watch and I actually begin to be blessed from this particular ministry, which gets into my uh, my <laughs> my second question. Um, is there such thing as a Christian call? We're going to get into a little bit more later. Um, but I really want to ask that because I'm wondering, is it possible for someone to actually be a Christian? but actually conduct themselves like a cult. You know what I mean? Maybe something is off. Maybe there's there's some leaven there and it's leavening the whole lump, but the person is actually a Christian. Because I was talking to Dee about this and, and Dee was expressing to me, she said, I don't really like that term Christian cult because if it's really a cult, meaning that it's false, it's not really Christian. And I, I understood it and I understand it when she said it at the same time, though, I'm like, well, can you have Christians that are off or, or rather Christians that are false? So th these are just questions that I've been meditating on. So anyway, around 2017, I actually visited this ministry. 
you know, I was being a travelisha and I was just kind of doing some solo travel on my own. And I went down to to where they were located. I'm not even going to say where, <laughs> but if you know these this ministry, you'll know who I'm referring to by the end of this talk. But I went down to where they were having their fellowships at that time because they eventually migrated and everybody migrated with them to another state. But when I went down there, I had a wonderful time. They were hospitable. They showed me love. Uh, you know, they were like figuring out why I was there and stuff. They realized I was on, I was on vacation. They would give me rides back and forth to the hotel, uh, took me to the mall. You know what I mean? They 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 wouldn't buy me no clothes or nothing like that. <laughs> but you know, like let me experience a little bit of that particular city. Um, they have services several times a week, so they let me know, hey, we having services. So I went to the men's study and all of that, and I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. I didn't have any complaints. I recommended people to this ministry um, before. I have sold into this ministry before, like over the years. And so I really uh, just accepted them for who they are, and I enjoyed that time. But I have to admit that there are some red flags that I that were going off in my mind about them, one of which is the majority of them that attend the church, they all have the same mannerisms. They begin to speak the same. They minister the same. Some of the women have the same hairdo, the same look. You know, the guys, I've noticed that some of them begin to emulate this particular pastor. And a part of me was just like, man, you know, I like the teaching from that ministry, but I really don't like the fact that it seems like so many people are not individuals. You know, it seems like so many people are just trying to emulate. And I, I get it because sometimes when you're around someone so much, you can begin to take on their mannerisms. I remember a church I was attending in real life. I was a member of. And this church had a male pastor and a female pastor. They were doing the co-pastor thing. And I I invited people to come. And one of my friends came and kind of stayed there for a few weeks. And after a few weeks, she was she had pointed out to me that all of the females in this particular church act and sound like the female pastor. And before she said it to me, I never really fully noticed it. Like I knew they were tight. I knew that they 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 were kind of cliquish. It was a very small church, so I can't even call them a clique. That was literally the whole church. But I knew they were tight. I knew they were all of that. But she was like, you know, they all kind of um, emulate her. You know, if she says something, uh, they'll say it. Or if she'd be like, yes, they ought to be like, yes. So it's like she's doing Bible study and all the girls in there are like, yes. So. It's possible. And and even that that ministry, some of their family was telling them they're in the cult because of the amount of time that they sp spend with one another. Their whole thing. And I hope I'm not mixing up too many things at, at the same time. I'm talking about the real life ministry I was a part of uh, la the last church I was a member of. Um, their whole thing was do life together. But going back to this la this uh, church that I visited back around 2017, 2018. That was the red flag is that they all kind of emulated each other. And then the next thing that was a red flag to me is the way that they worship. Now, I'm not here to judge anybody's worship. I'm not here to say what's God and what's not God. I have a 
very strong reverence for the Holy Spirit. So I'm very particular about what I say is God and ain't God. I'm not one of them people that just casually be like, that ain't God. You know what I'm saying? Because if it is God and you say that ain't God, you got some egg on your face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lucy, you got some explaining to do. But basically, they have a very exuberant style of worship. I'm not talking about just running and shouting. I've been in churches running and shouting. I've I've shouted. You know, I did a little jumping if I really get into it. You know, I didn't got hype, so I get it. But this is a every week type thing and it's it's a worship to the point of exhaustion, right? It's it's a worship to the point of of like uh it's just very exuberant. That's the only way I can describe it. And so I, I would witness this online before I even attended and it was like somewhat of a red flag and somewhat of a green flag because <laughs> on the one hand I was like man they going in but then on the other hand I'm like man they they going in <laughs> and so when I got there I felt a little awkward because it was like 98 percent of the church is like dancing and floating around and you know shouting and playing the little horn and all this type of stuff and i'm enjoying it i i like their style of music and their worship and praise and all of that uh but at the same time i wasn't really doing all of that y'all know i'm only gonna do so much anyway probably but i definitely wasn't dancing or you know floating around or anything like that and so I, I I felt a little like, like, dang, should I be doing more? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I don't want to be in here feeling like a heathen. And I felt that little bit of pressure. You know, there was like this little bit of pressure to do what they were doing. But I was just kind of there like, all right, I'm in my own zone. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Okay. So those were the two red flags. Everybody emulates the leadership. Worship style was very exuberant and expressive. So fast forward to 2024, 2023, 2024. One of the brothers that I met there has a YouTube channel and I'm subscribed to him. I don't typically watch them, but I stay subscribed to all the YouTube, like the little small channels, especially the Christian channels. I stay subscribed even if I don't watch because I know how hard it is to find small channels on YouTube now and I don't want to lose them. <laughs> so, so I've been subscribed to this brother and I would kind of see him and I saw him one day and he just seemed a little bit uh, off to himself himself. He seemed to be uploading a little bit more. He seemed it was something about it. Just I was just like, I want they seem a little distant. And then a few weeks later, I saw a video that I believe his wife put up and she said exposing XX ministry as a cult. And so when I saw that, I clicked on it. And so I began to watch and they started a series called uh, Surviving. What was it called? Surviving Cults or uh, cult, cult Survivor Series. So they started this cult survivor series and I began to really to really watch and listen to what they were saying, because I'm like, man, this particular family, this husband and wife that were leaving this ministry, they had been there 13 years and they weren't just members. They were like fixtures. So in my mind, I'm like, OK, what's going on with this particular family where, you know, they were in their thick. And now all of a sudden they're calling them a cult. Is this a thing where is, you know, they they had a falling out. They got offended. They were jealous. They weren't being promoted. 
is this a thing where there's actually some real issues going on? So what I did was I made a list of the majority. I, I binge watched their videos. I watched all the videos like at least twice. And I made a list of these red flags, right? Now, the thing about it is, it's weird because I could almost make a biblical case for each one of these red flags. I could almost make a biblical case, right? And individually, they probably don't don't all sound that bad. Some of these are bad. This is about to be get Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> it's gonna get Usher bad. <laughs> um, but um, when you look at the totality of everything after I kind of read this list you're going to be like man so I'm going to get into this list but I see a couple comments I want to read these comments God bless everybody joining in Sister Yvette Sister Sherry praise the Lord Sister D God bless you Sister Yvette says this define cult for me please so maybe she's answering the question or asking the question people blindly following a leader who is misleading that's a good question, because honestly, I wanted y'all to define cult for me. <laughs> I wanted y'all to define cult for me. But what we can do, let's 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 try to answer this question together. I did. Uh, I found this article. What is a cult? And it gave 10 warning signs. Right. It gave 10 warning signs. And when I read these warning signs, a lot of these seem to be consistent with these accounts that I'm about to go through now. Every accusation and every account that I'm reading, this is according to them. I'm not there. I visited one time. I watch online. I'm not in the mix. I'm still trying to figure out the gist of things. And that's one of the reasons why I want to be delicate and not talk about this particular pastor because I respect them. I actually, I like them. You know what I mean? I don't have, you know, but, but, but the reason why I feel led to talk about this is because if it turns out that this is actually a cult or it's evolving into a cult, it becomes sinister. It becomes it's like, OK, the friendly faces now that's like, you know, now I'm looking back at these friendly faces like maybe that was a glossed over look. Maybe that was the look from the movie Get Out when the guy was married to that that woman, you know, the black guy married to the white woman in Get Out. And he he kind of got that happy smile. But but really, he's in pain inside. I'm like a couple of these folks. They, they got that. Mm, let me not say that. So here's what it says in this particular article. Let's see if we can go through it. Because we do probably need to identify what's it called. Number one. Absolute authoritarianism without accountability. Now, we're going to go through my red flag list, but I'm going to tell you straight up. This is something that according to their testimony, this is what they experience. The authoritarianism function as everything goes through the leadership. And by leadership, I just mean the husband and the wife. That's it. Now, if they had a dispute. This according okay, from now on everything for the most part is according to, okay? Uh what's that word? Allegedly. <laughs> everything is allegedly, like D says. So what they were saying is 
everything had to function and be addressed by this particular leadership. And there were no accountability. There are elders in the church, but these elders that are in this particular church, they don't actually have any sort of say any sort of ultimate say in the matter. And this is why I had to ask the question in the beginning, is a pastor an authority figure? Okay. Um, this is something I was meditating on even before this topic. So they have absolute authoritarianism. And so, for example, if there was a dispute between members, the Bible says that you can go to that person in private and y'all can try to resolve the issue. And if y'all can't resolve the issue together, y'all can bring somebody in on it. But according to what these people who left are saying is that nobody was really allowed to, to go to somebody individually. They had to filter everything up through the leadership. And what was happening is it was causing a lot of miscommunication. It was causing a lot of drama. They were putting people at odds against one another. One person's mad at somebody else and they have no clue why they're even mad in the first place. No clue why they're even mad in the first place. So that's definitely a, an attribute of a cult. Number two, zero tolerance for criticism or questions. I don't know what their tolerance policy was like, but when we go through this, this next list I'm about to read, y'all going to see um, how some of this stuff operated. Number three, lack of meaningful financial disclosure regarding budget. Okay. I think that might have been an issue. Once again, I'm not in the mix. Number four, unreasonable fears about the outside world that often involve evil conspiracies and persecutions. This is definitely something that was brought up in this series. Number five, a belief that former followers are always wrong for leaving and there is never a legitimate reason for anyone else to leave. This definitely seemed like an issue. According to these people, anybody who leaves this ministry is no longer in the will of God. They've gone wayward because you left this particular ministry. You're now on a broad road that leads to destruction. That's what they're saying. Number six, <clears throat> abuse of members. Number seven. Now, now let me go to back to abuse of members. Abuse of members, they were saying that this person will basically subtweet them from the pulpit. Anybody who doesn't know what a subtweet is, a subtweet is when you're talking about somebody, but you're not mentioning them by name. So a boyfriend gets into an argument with with his girlfriend and he gets on X, you know, Twitter. And now it's called X. And he says, you know, these chicks ain't loyal, <laughs> but he doesn't tag her. She sees it. She recognizes that he's talking about me. According to these people. Let me just stop saying that. They were saying that this particular pastor would do that from the pulpit. He would talk about people without mentioning them by name. But the way he did it was like everybody knew who he was talking about because everybody's so tight knit. These people are meeting four to five times a week. From my understanding, it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Sunday. So let's just call it at least three to four times a week. I don't want it exaggerated slander but they're meeting so often and one of the reasons why they're meeting so often is because the only voice that can have influence is the voice of the leadership that's where the control comes in so let me just kind of talk about it a little. i was going to go through this but let, let's just talk about it as we go through this list controlling the environment one of the things one of the things that they said was 
that they were not allowed to listen to outside ministries. So I should be comfortable. Anybody going there, y'all shouldn't be listening to me. Y'all technically, y'all ain't even supposed to be looking at my channel. <laughs> I'm assuming that y'all not. Otherwise, y'all insubordinate. But you're not supposed to listen to any outside ministers. You're not supposed to listen to any outside music. OK, so there was one brother who worked on a, some films, some short films. I think he had a full length feature film. And in the film, he played some music. It wasn't even a full song. It was actually just an instrumental. You know, he played. Oh, I still got your comment up, Yvette. He played. Uh, <clears throat> he played. He played uh, like an, a gospel instrumental type song. But because it wasn't a song from their congregation, the pastor was t talking to his wife, saying things like, oh, you know, I think your husband is a little bit off. So you need to be mindful of that. You need to distance yourself from him. And she's thinking, like, how how can I distance myself from my husband? He's my husband. I live with him. I sleep with him every night. And this was a huge red flag when I was watching this series. This particular dude, according to the wife, he would text her and have conversations with her. And sometimes it would be about. You know, it'd be about ministry. Right. But he might say something like your husband won't understand this, this dynamic. So delete this message. I'm going to delete my message. You'll delete your message and you and we'll send each other a thumbs up to let each other know we deleted it. And so I'm like, hold up, bro. Like this is the man's wife. OK, yes, you're the pastor, but you're texting a man's wife trying to keep something private from her husband and then telling her to delete the message. Even if it's noble, even if it, even if it was legit, right? You just don't text a man's wife like that. Like that, the way I see husband and wife, maybe that's why I ain't married is my wife belongs to me. Okay. She belongs to me. And guess what? I belong to her. See, somebody's about to get mad. <laughs> she belongs to me and I belong to her. The Bible says that 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 your bodies are belong to one another. And so I'm like, dang, dude, you testing you texting this man's wife and telling her to delete the message. Number seven. Oh, yeah. So number six, abusive members that was talking about people from the pulpit. Number seven records books. My bad. Let me let me back it up. Brother Greg can't read tonight. Records, books, articles or programs documenting the abuses of the leader or group. So in other words, they're saying, you know, multiple accounts that that agree that it's a cult. Number eight, followers feeling they are never able to be, quote, good enough. Now, from the outside looking in, this is something that I pick up from this particular ministry. What I gather is that it's a lot of zealous people. I believe now, let me be clear. I believe a lot of them love the Lord, but I believe that they want to be in the favor of the church and of the leaders. That's why they emulate the leaders. That's why they go on, go live and create their own Facebook and YouTube channels and all of that, because they're trying to be good enough. And when you actually listen to the doctrine, I'm not going to go as far as to say that they teach a works doctrine because, you know, faith without works is dead. And I do believe that when you have faith, works will be produced out of that faith. I absolutely believe that. 
The Bible does say, Jesus does say in Revelation that every man will be judged according to his works. Okay. But it seems like some of them, you know, have an imbalance with that. And so it is this feeling that they might not ever be good enough. Number nine, a belief that the leader is right at all times. I got that vibe. Number 10, a belief that the leader is the exclusive means of knowing, quote, truth or giving validation. So I would agree that those are the characteristics of a cult. If I had to define it myself, I would probably say that a cult is a relatively small. Well, no, I can't even say I'm not even sure I got to say that. This this will make it hard for me to define. A cult is basically something that teaches false doctrine. Okay. Now, the reason why it's hard for me to define it is because Islam is false. You know, I believe Catholic, you know, Roman Catholicism for the most part is false. Okay. Hinduism is false, but we don't necessarily identify these as cults because they're so large, right? They're, they're so large. But then there are other denominations, uh, you know, Jehovah Witness. You know, it's like something is off there. There's this video I did years ago early on the channel. I was talking about this organization called the World Mission Society, Church, the Church of God, World Mission Society or something like that. These people have encountered me twice. One was years ago. One was actually maybe like one would say, let's call it like six years ago. Another one was probably last year. And they're super zealous and they have this way of like really kind of like pulling you in. You know what I mean? Like really engaging you and 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 they they have a strong evangelical spirit. All most of these cults have strong evangelical anointings. I don't even know if that's the right word, but they they are so quick to just go out and recruit people. And I just be thinking like we got the truth. We are we as in, you know, born again believers, we actually know the truth. We wh where's our zeal? Where's our evangelism? Like <laughs> But these people be out. And I think one of the reasons why they are out is because they feel like they have to work. They feel like in order for them to be uh, good enough, in order for them to be validated, they've got to go out and recruit others. Now, Jesus did say go and make disciples. So technically, Christians are supposed to recruit people. But, you know, they almost do it out of fear. I think we don't do it as much because, you know, because we're like resting in grace, resting in zeal and all of that. And it should be done out of a, a, a heart to A, fulfill the will of God, but B, to see souls saved. But for whatever reason, they just like the, the fake people do it the most. They are always outside, always doing stuff. It's, it's the weirdest thing. And so, yeah, that's how I would define a call. Sister Chanel, I just saw you got in. Hopefully you weren't in there too long. Uh, sister, turn on your microphone. You can optionally turn on your camera. You don't have to if you don't want to. I'm going to go ahead and add you into this discussion. Uh, go ahead, unmute your mic first. And once I see that, I'm going to add you in. Uh, while, while you do that, though, I'm going to read a comment. Glory to the Lamb of God. Um... I don't know if I got to unmute you. 
Oh, my bad. Yeah, I think you got to unmute yourself. So let me go to one or two comments. Brother Joseph, God bless you. He says, it is always problematic when the local church functions more, uh, when the local church functions more as a NAACP chapter or fraternity than the body of Christ. Wow. See, this is my thing. Like, it's a lot of stuff that is false. So I don't think that being false is the only attribute of being a cult. I feel like you have to have the combination of being false. And then I also feel like you have to have the 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 everybody beginning to emulate either the leader or one another. Now, what's tricky about this is the Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ. Sister Chanel, I'm not sure if you're trying to mute your, unmute yourself or not, but if you unmute yourself, I can uh, throw you in the chat. Right now, still saying that you, oh, there you go. All right, I'm about to bring you on. Hey, sister, God bless you. Hey, how you doing? I was at work, so that's why I was like, oh, I just wanted to tune in, but Facebook, the quality was wonky, so I thought, oh, let me go to StreamYard so I can support them. Okay, for sure, for sure. You want to weigh in on this topic? Oh, not really. Ooh, that's a touchy topic. <laughs> okay. You just yeah. wanted to say what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, praise uh-huh. God. Praise God. Um, yeah, we just on here chopping it up. Um, you know, and uh, I'll read through a few more of these comments. And if anything stands out to you, you can hop on, you know, just talking about what Brother Joseph said. I know you're at work, so don't don't get in trouble at work, by the way. <laughs> uh, TMM and Brother Greg is not that important. But, yeah, this this whole cult thing is just wild. You know what I mean? It's totally wild. And there's a lot of denominations that are off. I don't really like the denomination thing, to be honest with you. It's and so what's the difference between a cult and a and a false denomination or a false religion? I think it's when everybody begins to come on one accord and that accord is a bad accord. You know what I mean? That's what I really think it is. Everybody begins to sip the Kool-Aid, as they say. Everybody begins to emulate. Now, the thing about it is, in the word culture, right, the word culture, like when we say uh, culture as in society, or we might even use the phrase kingdom culture, the root word in culture is cult, right? That's the root word. (laughs) That's the root word. So let's look this up real quick. The etymology of the word culture is something I should have looked up before I came on. <laughs> but um, basically, it turns into um, it's a French word that comes from a Latin word, means growing or cultivation. Okay, so it's something that has to do with growth. Something that has to do with, with like rearing something. And so everybody is sort of growing from the same seed, from, you know, from the same tree. And that's what I really see it being. Um, that's what it is. So sis, Sister Chanel, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go full screen. You can hang on if you want or or, or not. You know what I mean? But I'm going I'm to remove you from the screen if it's something that you want to say. Just hop on there and, you know, I'll let you do your thing. 
or if you want to bounce, that's cool too. But I appreciate you for coming on. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, praise God. God bless Sister Chanel. I think she had work. <clears throat> so here's another comment. Living out loud. Uh, my bad. Living out scripture. God bless you, sister. She says, I got excited when I saw the notification of this topic because I never thought I'd fall into it. But praise God for the correction. Praise God, sister. If you want to, um, you know, uh, weigh in either in the comments and kind of share share what that was like. Or, of course, you know, you can always hop on. That's up to you. But, yeah, I like to hear about it. God bless brother Aaron. Praise God. He says he was there for a year and a half. 2015 to late 2016. Number four is heavy. Number five is heavy. What is he talking about? He's talking about that list that we just read. And that list of number four and number five. Unreasonable fears about the outside world that often involve evil conspiracies and persecutions. One example of this that was on the, the little red flag list I made is according to their testimony, um, at one at some point they were not permitted to go outside. They were not permitted to go outside. I don't even actually know what that even means. Let me take brother Aaron comment down. I don't want him to get in trouble. I don't even actually know what that means that they couldn't go outside. But the logic in that at the time was that they're spraying chemtrails in the air, which I actually agree with. And then it was just this overall sort of fear of the outside world. The idea as believers is that we're supposed to have enough power and enough influence to go out and impact the world. But apparently, like from the way they see it is like it's just so much lust in the air. You know, it's like if you walk outside, you're just going to fall into sin. So so that was like a huge thing. As I said, I, I was always on the outside looking in. But when I hear we weren't permitted to go outside, I'm like, OK, now it really is starting to move into that territory. He said number five is heavy. What was number five? Number five is a belief that former followers are always wrong for leaving. And there is never a legitimate reason for anyone to leave. Wow. That's just one of them things. You know what I mean? I can, I can definitely perceive that. He says number eight is heavy because they want to please the past. Yeah, so we're we not going to get into it. You know, um, Brother Aaron is, is is respectful and we haven't we haven't discussed this, but I think, Brother, I don't know if you're still on, but, you know, we did get an opportunity to chop it up. And you kind of you, you said one or two things that stood out to me about the control. And when you said it, I could perceive it. You know what I mean? I, like you didn't even have to say more. I didn't want you to say more. It was none of my business, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like as soon as you said it, I could perceive it. And I could, you know, I understood totally. Brother Joseph says charisma can fake as anointing. It certainly can. And that's what came up in one of those testimonies about the potential of the Kundalini spirit. They said they had a guest in there one time, and the guest was a lady who started having them do holy laughter anybody seen this holy laughter is like somebody lay hands on you and all of a sudden you just start laughing uncontrollably hey 
All Things Gospel ATL. Y'all can check out that ministry as well. It's a very good YouTube channel. He says, Jesus made it clear. We should not lord, that is, be masters of the sheep. Okay, we should not lord over the sheep. Colts lord over people. That's what's going on there. You know what? From what I've been hearing, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And and the thing is, you know, I've been was being a little sensational in the thumbnail. I said they almost got me. I wasn't about to join and that like that. I wasn't about to move down there. But like I said, I followed. I you know, I followed. That's the thing about me though. I'm I'm a dibbler and dabbler. You know, I I dibble and dabble. <laughs> you know, but I very much know who I am, so it's kind of hard for me to really like kind of put all my eggs in one basket and I I wonder about myself if that's even a bad quality. I'd be like, am I, you know, I, I don't want to be a vagabond spirit. I don't want to be a, um, I don't want to be unteachable, you know, because currently I don't have a church home. So, you know, I'm, I'm praying about that. I'm open to going to a church. But here's a comment by Sister Yvette. She says, as a little girl in the Catholic Fitch, that's how it felt when we all kneeled at the same time, stood at the same time, said amen at the same time. Yes, very religious. Very religious. And the thing that I wanted to kind of go to on that last comment um, from Brother Aaron was. I wonder what is the motive? Because I don't know if it's. Something wicked that wants to receive worship, that wants to be idolized. That's probably the most logical thing. But the other thing that I wonder is, is is it possible that it could be done out of out of good faith? Like, is it possible that they really feel as though this is their flock not their like they might think it's Jesus flock but it's like they feel like as a pastor I have a responsibility for these people so I don't want them doing X, Y, and Z. I don't want them working outside the county which is something I heard. I don't want them watching TV. I don't want them participating in entertainment outside of the county. You know what I mean? Like is it possible that it's just this overprotective thing and it's just off? It's just like a perverted a perverted good intention or has it become this thing where it's like something wicked has crept in and some, you know, the power, the the pride, is it a novice thing? Because the Bible says that a novice can get puffed up with pride. It says, don't be quick to start teaching and all of that because you can do all of that. You can get puffed up and it can lead to your demise. And in one of these testimonies, one of the, the the ladies said that basically the pastor just appointed himself as pastor. <laughs> she said he, you know, it was a group of believers. I don't know if they all went to a church, but they started meeting and having Bible studies together. It was like, you know, some married couples and some families and stuff, maybe a small group. And one day they had a Bible study and somebody, I don't know whether they were visiting, they prophesied over this particular pastor, said that he had a pastoral anointing. And from that day forward, he just started calling and conducting himself as the pastor. 
I don't know. One thing I do know, though, is that when you're when you're in any position of leadership, specifically ministerial type leadership, you can feel that pressure that you always have to be hitting on all cylinders. And what it can do is it can cause you to begin to function out of your own strength. How do I know? Because I've done it. I've done it on this channel. You, you, it's like drinking from a cup with a straw. But the, the the it's not full, and you're just getting that 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 little slurp thing you get when the, when there's no liquid in there, and you try and drink out the straw. <laughs> Probably a horrible analogy, but hope y'all understand what I was trying to say there. That's what it feels like, and it also feels like you can you can backslide, but you might be in a backslidden state. But you feel like you still have to keep up appearances. And if you feel like you need to do that, you can lose yourself. I took two months away from the channel at the end of last year going into this year. I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it because I just knew within myself I'm not in the space to do this the way it's supposed to be done. But if you are a pastor and you have all that control Right. That means you got to do everything. You got to be there every Sunday. You 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 have placed all of this burden on yourself. You feel obligated to have to get up even when it's not the best version of you. And you can lose yourself and let this other stuff creep in. So I don't know if it's malicious. I don't know if I still got your comment. Though. Let me take your comment down, brother. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's malicious it probably is 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 wicked, right? But I just I don't know. Sister Chanel says, "Did you experience this and how did you recognize the signs?" God bless you, Sister Chanel. You know what? Um I was kind of saying in the beginning, I didn't experience this personally, but I visited this church and I would follow this church online. I connected with many of them via Facebook. You know, when they saw I was friends with you know, like five people, then people I didn't even meet, they would friend me because I don't know whether they thought I was a member there or what. But, you know, because of that, they're always on my timeline and stuff like that. And, you know, that that's just kind of what happened with that. But what I was saying was there's a member who was there for 13 years. He and his wife ended up leaving and now they're accusing this ministry of being a cult. And at first I was like, yeah, maybe a cult may not be a cult. But then when I was watching, I'm like, okay, maybe there's something to this. I almost invited them on as guests because because I don't even get sad like that. But it was kind of um, it it was it was <clears throat> it was kind of sad. You know, it it, it impacted me a little bit. I'm not that easily impacted. And what impacted me about it is like these people have good intentions. They love the Lord. I'm not I'm not even sure if the pastor doesn't love the Lord. I think it's just something off there. But anyway, the people that left, they love the Lord. Um, and and to just think that you've been in something for 13 years, you've been in a cult for 13 years and you finally snap out of it and you finally get the wake up call and you finally get the courage to leave. See, this is another characteristic of a cult is that 
as I mentioned, they take away all your influences. So no other ministries, no other music. You can't work out of town. We got to meet four, three, four, five times a week. All of these different type of things. And what it does is it becomes a thing where your life begins to revolve around this particular church. They become your life. And so to depart from them means that you're losing a large percentage of your life, the way you're used to living, the way you're doing everything. And on top of that, they have family members that join. And so when the family members join, now it becomes this thing of like, OK, you know, I want to leave. But what is my cousin going to say about me? What is my brother going to say about me? What is my wife going to say? What is my husband going to say? And so what I could gather from these, these testimonies is that they would have marriages and in the marriages, it would be like one person to be like, I don't, I think something was off about that or that didn't sound right to me. Or I don't, I don't like how everybody was fighting over each other to go and just touch this pastor on stage and just, you know, touch, touch the wife, you know, the female pastor for the ladies. I don't, I don't know if, if that set well with me, but they can't communicate that to their spouse because the spouse is fully invested. The, the spouse is still drinking the Kool-Aid. This person doesn't stop drinking the Kool-Aid, but they got to pretend that they still drinking the Kool-Aid. And they like, why your Kool-Aid glass so full? You know, they sipping it, but they ain't really sipping it. They mm, but they ain't really doing nothing. Meanwhile, they, they, they done finished theirs and they need a refill. But this thing was affecting marriages from my understanding. So, no, I didn't experience it personally, but it's just something that's been on my mind for like the last month as I've been kind of following this and really looking back in hindsight. Since the vest is controlling. Absolutely. Now, let me leave this comment up. <laughs> uh, Brother Aaron says, but I love the pastor. Something happened. He hasn't always been like this praying for him. And that's what I was saying. It's like. It's like somewhere something might have went left or maybe it was just the novice thing. Maybe it's the zealous thing. Maybe it was the works thing. Nonetheless, like I said, I ain't got an issue with him personally. I love him, too. I'll still be praying for him. Um, Sister Kiamra says it's devilish that a cult can get so deep rooted into a family that it can cause separation. That's what was happening. That's what was happening. Let me go through some of these things that were mentioned in this series. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I really want to uh, some of these we already touched on, but this these are the things that stood out to me. So obviously I mentioned they have excessive services. They, they control your schedule. They had this thing called shunning. Shunning is where somebody is like either in sin, according to them, or they're backslidden or they're doing something that the church doesn't agree with. And what the church will do is they will shun this person, meaning that they will separate themselves from this person. If they give everybody two cookies, this person gets one. If, you know, this person need a ride, they say, oh, I can't give you a ride. I got to go pick up the kids from school. Like and the leadership would be told such and such person is acting up. We need to shun them. Now, the thing about the shunning is that once again, 
I can technically make a biblical case for shunning. You look at first Corinthians. Paul said there's a member of the church that's sleeping with his father's mother. Kick him out. He also said in another instance, he said, um, basically, don't eat with fornicators or don't, you know, don't let fornication be named among you. So, you know, if I want to find it in the Bible, I can find a biblical precedent for shunning. But apparently this was like a, a very con constant thing that they would do. It was like a tactic that they used. The idea was not to remove the person, though. The idea was that the person would feel so much shame that they would say, man, I don't I don't want to be shunned by these people. You know, I moved here by myself with my daughter. We don't know anybody else in this town. So, hey, um, I don't want to be shunned because these are the only people I know. I've forsaken my family. So if my new fa quote unquote family of my church family shuns me, who do I have left? So the, the shunning was probably out of a good motive. But that's that's the, all of this is stuff that they mentioned. They had this thing called the, the doctrine of favoritism. I, I hadn't even heard of this. Basically, two people going for counseling. One person is the favorite person. I'm not sure if that's based on what happened or if that's based on just the fact that they already liked them before they even got into the meeting. But they got this thing called the doctrine of favoritism. Somebody in a dispute becomes the favored one and they get all of the uh, precedent. And this is an example of why I feel like this church tries to pit I feel like the control that's going on there is that they're trying to have all of the bottom feeders kind of fight and claw amongst one another for rank. That's what I kind of see. It's like some of their motives are good. I think a lot of them, they hop online and give messages. I think the Lord give them some of the messages I think is well-intentioned. But I think overall for some, not all, it's like this almost competition type thing where they want to be in favor of the leadership uh they sow discord in marriages i mentioned that already texting a man's wife you know uh one person is in agreement one person is not okay lady on there was saying how everybody was running up to touch the pastor doing worship or something because the glory apparently was on them so heavy and, you know, she didn't feel led to do it. She was hearing lay hands on no man suddenly. Meanwhile, her husband is over there like, come on, come on. What are you doing? Come on. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just weird. So sowing discord in the marriages. Loyalty, submission to God, lead leadership. Oh, yeah. So apparently something that they taught a lot was loyal to him. By the way, anybody who wants to join in to share your personal experience with a cult or just weigh in on this conversation in general, the link is pinned to the top of the chat. I believe it is. I'll put it in here again and just in case it's not on Facebook and YouTube. So apparently they were really big on loyalty and submission to godly leadership. And this gets back into that question is is a pastor an authority figure you know you shepherd flock you know um and jesus is our shepherd you know but the pastor is he an under shepherd that's something to think about but it was just this thing of loyalty 
Another red flag. Anyone who leaves is out of the will of God. We mentioned that. Another red flag. Removal from family, you know. And what that is, is you can separate people and conquer them. I talked about the throgging. There will be moments where people are fighting over each other to go and just to touch, touch that. Okay. Do I have a biblical precedent? Okay. There were people that were fighting to touch. uh, uh, I don't know if they were fighting, but there were people that wanted to get in the shadow of Peter because the idea was that if you are in Peter's shadow, you can be healed. And people were healed just from being in Jesus's shadow. Peter was a was an apostle after Jesus ascended. Okay. So like I said, some of this stuff technically I can I can give you a biblical precedent if I reach hard enough. But like I said, when you look at the totality, like when I go down a list and you listen to it, bells need to go off. No music other than their music. Now I want to talk briefly about their music style. I kind of like their music style, but it's very different. I believe this ministry started in um, I didn't want to say that, but I got to say it for the for the sake of the point I'm about to make. It started in Florida and Florida has a lot of Haitians and some of them look a little Haitian. You know what I mean? I don't know if they are, <laughs> you know, but um, and, and it's good to look Haitian. The last girl I had a crush on is Haitian. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with looking Haitian, but I'm wondering if that kind of plays into the music. Is very percussion heavy. It's very prophetic in the sense of sometimes they'll get they'll have songs prepared, but they'll keep the beat playing and they might say whatever comes to mind while they're praising and worshiping. Right. So I like it, but it's very unique. And if we weren't discussing them being a cult tonight. I'd probably listen to it. But because when you roll all of this into it, now I got to question the music a little bit, specifically when you say you can't listen to outside music, even if it's outside gospel music. The idea behind that is a lot of these artists are unclean. Do I agree with that? I do. I think I want to name them, (laughs) but it's a lot of gospel artists that um, are off. I still listen to some of them. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. But I understand that. Can't go outside. Can't work outside the area. No entertainment outside the area. No TV. We talked about that. Must be good enough. I get that heavy. It's like everybody feels like they got to be good enough. No public schools. So it wasn't necessarily maybe like a rule that your child couldn't be in public school. But the idea is that public schools are wicked. And I guess as much as lies within you, you shouldn't have your kid in public school. I actually agree that public schools are wicked. If I had a kid and I had a wife that was able to homeschool my kid or if I had, you know, like a good Christian private school, that's where I would have my kid. But for some people, that's not. That's not feasible. That's not a a, a, that's not a uh, it doesn't work for their lifestyle. Some people might be single mothers or something. They might they might need to go to work. They got to send their kid to school. They can't homeschool. Maybe you got a husband and wife. They need two incomes. But anyway, public school was shunned. Unstable location. I just mentioned that they migrated. This is another thing that you will see with cults 
is they uprooted everybody. They said this particular city has not received us. This particular city is, you know, uh, what is it? Dust, wipe the dust off your feet. So they wiped the dust off their feet in the old city and moved to greener pastures in a new city. They've been unstable in this city as far as finding the building. I mentioned how they were telling the wife to delete the messages, talking about people in subtweets. I mentioned how this pastor became pastor. He just sort of self-appointed himself. Well, I guess somebody may have laid hands on him, but, you know, he just kind of is like, I guess I'm the pastor. The holy laughter, the kundalini spirit. We talked about that. And then no real accountability. No real accountability. So that's what it was. Um, that's what it was. That, that's what I gathered. And I just wanted to kind of get you all's thoughts. You know, how do you recognize a cult? Is there a such thing as a Christian cult? Because just like uh, the brother said earlier, the dude started off right like he was a Christian. And then he said something happened. We don't know what happened, but it seems as though something happened. So I'm like, is he a Christian that's leading a cult? Is he still a Christian? Is he a backslidden Christian? Is a pastor an authority figure? What does what what does that look like? You know, what does leadership look like? I remember this when I visited. When I visited, he was preaching a sermon. And he was sharing a dream that the Lord gave him. And I'm going to probably butcher this dream because it wasn't my dream. But what he said was he was like a, a, let's just say a drill sergeant. Maybe they're in the Army or the Navy. And it's like he's standing there and he has his soldiers standing there. But the soldiers were like they were off. Like they were, you know, in the military, you're supposed to stand at attention. But they were just kind of like leaning. They were crooked and stuff like that. And his perception of his dream was, I've got to straighten out my congregation. You know what I mean? Like, I've got to keep everybody in alignment. And so that's why I say, is this like a perversion of a good motive? Is he overprotective? And in everybody's lives because he really just wants to protect people? Or is this something where he just wants the worship? It's very difficult to have people running and clawing just to be in your presence and not have pride rise up in you. And this particular ministry is constantly getting referred to as a cult. And they're rejecting it. They're, they're taking it as a badge of honor. They're taking it as persecution. But my thing is, man, listen, you can't tell grown people they can't go outside. I mean, maybe you can't. Apparently you can, <laughs> you know, but 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 you can't text a person wife and then tell the wife to delete it. One of the reasons why he did that was because the wife, not his wife, but a member's wife had a dream. And there was like some perversion in the dream or something like that where it was she was standing in front of him and maybe there were one or two women on either side of her and then like some woman started doing something intimate with a man and somebody else started doing something intimate with a woman and all of a sudden she was just standing there and she looked down and she was naked 
So she texts the pastor about this dream. I guess they were on good terms. She's still a member at this point. And she's like, you know, I had this dream. Now she's expecting him to be upset. She's expecting him to to scold her, to say something is off with you. You having a perverted dream, you need to search yourself. But he actually didn't do that. What he basically said was there's dynamics to our relationship in the way that you serve in his ministry. So you're almost like a handmaiden or like a, a spiritual wife in a sense. And he said, your husband won't actually fully understand this. And my wife won't fully understand this. So let's delete these messages. Couldn't have been my wife. <laughs> Y'all have been hearing about somebody on the news. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But let me get to these comments. <clears throat> so. Sister Chanel says, I remember seeing you at the church in Maryland. What happened if you don't mind me asking? OK, now you want me to get in some real trouble. <laughs> so um, let me be clear, Sister Chanel. I don't know if you're still on or not, but. Um, that particular church. That you're referring to. Um, that's not who I'm talking about tonight. So let me be clear about that. In that church, I just felt like somewhere down the line, I was on the outside looking in. As you know, they do life together like they really do life together. So I didn't mind doing life with them. Maybe it's because I'm an only child. Maybe I got some sort of rejection spirit or something like this. This this probably I'm accountable to this. Right. But basically. The the whole doing life thing became a little bit burdensome to me. That's one thing that happened. The other thing that happened was there was a male and female pastor. And if I'm being honest, a lot of the ministers that I listen to outside of that church preach against female pastors. So I was just like, man, like, I don't know how I feel being under a female pastor. And on top of that, it was like, as you know, uh, Sister Chanel, she she I guess she was a member of the last church I went to. She definitely visited. Please don't get me into too much trouble, <laughs> but the female pastor was way her personality type was way more domineering than her husband. Both of them, I think, were anointed. They are anointed. He's done some things. He's prophesied to me. He prophesied about me owning a uh, owning a studio, which is why I'm getting into the film and into the photography and all of that. That prophecy came true. I remember one time I had the flu. I didn't know it was the flu, but I went there. I was sick. He prayed over me and I felt the, the flu break. So I believe both of them know the Lord. But I didn't like the dynamic of how much more bold her personality was compared to his. And because of that, the church started to begin to 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 have this imbalance where it started to feel f feminine 
I'm not saying that the husband is feminine. I'm not saying it was Jezebel and Ahab, but it was it was like giving a little of Jezebel and Ahab. And so me being under that, I was just like, man, I, I don't you know, I feel like as a man, I don't know if I have a place here. There was only like four dudes, me, the pastor and then two other dudes that you probably know. So while I was there, it was like four dudes. Um, so that was one reason, just the whole dynamic of the leadership. And I don't mean any disrespect to either of them. That's just kind of how I was feeling. Another reason I left is because they started kind of getting into this, getting into this whole apostolic prophetic thing. And it was being led by some people that were over them. And in this particular church, I always liked the immediate leadership. I liked their teaching. I liked what I was learning. I liked how I was growing. I, I appreciate it. I praise God for it. But anytime I've been exposed to the people over them, it was always like a red flag. You know, you got a, a this male apostle and then it's like this female apostle and they're starting this this school. And I attended this class. It wasn't a bad class and all of that, but you know, I wasn't sure about the whole apostolic prophetic thing. And once again, some other ministers I listened to had preached against that. So I started really weighing that, you know, um, it's called the uh, apostolic prophetic reformation or something like that. So I, I still need to do a little research on it, but I wasn't sure about the direction that the church was headed. And then the final reason I left is because. I felt as though God had a calling on my life and I'm young, relatively young. They're relatively young. They were uh, they were an upstart church like they they had only been around. Maybe I think I came maybe like their second or third year. And I don't know if they had the infrastructure to utilize me they did they did you know i did a few things in there but I, I'm, I'm not even going to say that i was a threat to their leadership but i just think because you know like aspirationally where the lord i feel was taking me and where they were i think it was like too close for them to really know how to use me so it just wasn't after a while. It just didn't become a good fit. But that's that's why I left. And that's not who I'm talking about when for the majority of this discussion. Um, but this is your first time tuning in. So you let me know if you thought that that's what this discussion was going to be about. <laughs> because, as I said earlier, a lot of them act alike and a lot of them do life together and a lot of them have been accused of being in a cult. I love each of them. I don't have an issue with them. I actually don't think they're a cult. I think that they're, what I think that they are is a sisterhood. And the sisterhood is so tricky because the sisterhood keeps women single. The brotherhood keeps men single. The brotherhood is the manosphere. But, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to say this. 
uh, I had a dream about one of these, one of the members there. And in this dream, we were like romantic. We were kind of intimate. It wasn't anything sexual. And I was kind of praying about, you know, if I'm supposed to have a wife and if so, who it is. And so this person appeared in my dream. So I'm like, okay, Lord, if that's the one, that's cool. Because, you know, of all of the particular women that attend there, she she's the one that I would actually, uh, if I had to marry one of them, that's that would be the first on my list just because of her personality type. But, you know, uh, I was like, dang. So but if I did marry her, <laughs> like I got to sift through all of this, like sisterhood and doing life that they got going on. It's like when a man marries a woman, he wants you to get under his program. And I'm just like, man, they they it's like they so tight knit and there's nothing wrong with having friends. There's nothing wrong with having a support system. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, but I was just thinking, I was like, dang, I gotta, like, I have to climb through all of that. Or or a guy, just any guy that meets any of them, that's a huge thing that they'd have to kind of take on. And that guy might participate with you, or he might say, listen, I, I look, I can't be, we, we got stuff to do. I can't be with, with them three times a week. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he might be with it, he might not. But that's kind of what happened there. That's why I left. It wasn't no ill ill will. I got love for each and every one of them. But that's just how I was feeling. Brother Aaron says, it's a corruption of pure things that are actually scriptural. Shunning was done to bring them into subjection to themselves, not to God. Wow. So what he, what he's saying there is when they shunned a member and said, you know, distance yourself from this member, it wasn't for that person to be reconciled back to God. It was for them to be reconciled back to the church. Sister Irene, she's telling um, some of her testimony, I believe. She says it was short lived. It didn't start out cultish. The doctrines and motives were simple and biblical, got pulled in through relationships and a desire for community after moving to a new state. That'll do it. But as the ministry and influence grew, things began to shift quickly, started very subtly. And when they were addressed by the leaders outside of the founders, myself included as the right hand of the founder of the control and manipulation hold on I, I, my bad I, I think I I think I like missed something so let me let me back up to that last sentence the ministry and influence grew things as as the ministry and influence grew things began to shift quickly started very subtly then they were addressed by the leaders of the founders outside of the founders okay so it started subtly and then somebody tried to address it. She says, myself included as the right hand. So you're a part of the leadership team. And I guess you're you're talking to maybe the founders trying to tell them that we're going down the wrong path. OK, so let me keep going. Uh, founder, the control and manipulation began more false doctrine, more fear based tactics, more control, etc. 
after many fruitless one-on-one meetings that didn't go to scripture, but what the woman of God declared, God said, uh, because they heard correctly and no one else, I left. So basically you tried to address these problems, sit down with a one-on-one, and they were saying that they're hearing from God and they didn't hear anything that you wanted to say. She says, no accountability. Afterwards, extreme isolation from the others and slander beyond belief. That's pretty much how it goes. And the thing about it is this. There is no accountability because they're the only church that has it right. So you got to think about the logic is, okay. if this church is if you leave this church and you're out of the will of God, what you're effectively saying is. We're the only church that's getting it right. And if you're the only church that's getting it right, that that tells me right off rip that you don't have any other outside people or even internal people that are holding you accountable. You know, maybe you have internal people, but it's like y'all are in an echo chamber. So she says, this is back to Sister Irene's comment. Within the last year of me leaving, the other founding leaders left and have experienced the same. Wow. So much more can be said, but unfortunately, what you're touching on is spot on. This is why we got to talk about it tonight, because this stuff be happening. God bless you, Sister Ann. Brother Aaron says, gifts don't equate to knowing the Lord. The gifts operate for the body, despite the vessel at times. Saul prophesied, but he was under damnation. Wow. That's a scary sight. Ashkenazi Christian says, isn't apostolic reformation known to be a cult? I got research, sister, but, you know, I, I, I was hearing mixed things about that whole the apostolic reformation thing. And once again, like I said, a, a pastor that I esteemed outside of that church kind of warned about it. And then it came up and I was like, what is this? Now, from what I was taught. It wasn't unbiblical necessarily. What they were basically saying is that the word apostolic or the word apostle simply means a sent one. It means someone who has been commissioned to do something. Prophetic simply means to speak. Uh, And in order for us down here to speak, that means we first have to hear. So a prophet is someone who hears from God and then expresses what the kingdom of God is saying in a particular moment. So it wasn't like it didn't feel super cultish when they were teaching it. But I just I just didn't really know these leaders that we were all of a sudden under. Now, the thing about that church, they're doing great things from what I can see they're they're in Africa. They've started some churches there, you know, and, and, and I pray that all is well, you know what I mean? Um, I'm laughing because I went to the anniversary of, and I'm talking about my last church home. Now I went to their, their anniversary and they were doing a fundraiser. And one of the fundraisers was, you know, so, so to get there, you buy a ticket. It was a banquet. No problem with that. In addition, you could actually buy uh, slots in this raffle and they were raffling a TV and they were raffling a $200 Amazon gift card. So when I signed up to go to this event, 
I was just like, okay, I'm a I'm gonna participate in the raffle because I got a chance to win, and I'm giving a little bit more money to their ministry. I get there, I win the two hundred dollar Amazon gift card. But what happened was they hadn't raised enough money or however they planned it out. They didn't meet their goal. So I'm kind of like helping. I was taking pictures while I was there and I took a picture of the female pastor and, and her uh, sons. And one of the members there was kind of like making jokes to me about the gift card and how he wanted some or something. And she was just like, uh, yeah, so you might not be getting all of that, uh, like all of that $200. So I'm just here like, okay, uh, I won. <laughs> like I won. But, you know, I, I I guess, I don't know whether it's because it's me and they're mad that I came back and then I, I won, you know, or if they think they like think I got money or something. So it was, it was no sweat off my back, but that didn't sit well with me because I didn't even get anything. I didn't get... $100. I didn't get $50. It was just like I won the raffle and I haven't heard from them since. So for a little while, I was just like, okay, that's everything I contributed to this banquet. That's my offering to y'all because I would still give to them every now and then. I'm like, that's my offering for the remainder of my life. <laughs> so I was a little salty about that. But I decided to forgive them and I have forgiven them, you know, so I wish them well. But that's, that's just stuff that be happening. Brother Aaron says, remember, they cast out devils and prophesy, but yet they don't know Christ, although they call him Lord. And he's talking about the scripture that says, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? And then Jesus is going to say, depart from me, ye who, ye who work iniquity. I never knew you. Scariest scripture in the Bible if you ask me Ashkenazi says shunning is something cults do Jehovah Witness Scientology and others do it it's a psychological device not a Christian one wow D says very fruitful discussion praise God that probably means it's time to wrap it up <laughs> Ashkenazi says what the church the church from its tithes should have funded the gift card. That's outrageous. I'm just telling you what happened. I don't know what's going on. What I will say is this. As I mentioned, the church is only a few members. This was a small church. It's an upstart church. They were celebrating, I think, their seventh anniversary when I went. And this was last year. And, you know, it's like. They're, they're small. They're supported by some young people that are in their, now they're in their 30s. But when I started going there up until now, uh, folks that's in their 20s and 30s, there's one older couple in there, you know, as a family member of one of the younger, younger ones. And since I've been there, I have seen a few members that have joined. So they're not completely the same amount of people. But, you know, um, yeah, for whatever reason, they they I never got that gift card. I never got a check. I never got a a a, a, a mail order. <laughs> I ain't get anything, and that's cool. I didn't need the hundred dollars by the grace of God, but it was just the principle. 
my light went out. That might be that might mean it's time to dip. Okay. Sister Irene says, Ooh, did my camera go out? Okay, my bad. Everything cut off. That means it's time to go. Sister Irene says, National Apostolic Reformation places heavy emphasis on the supernatural to where you could to where you start dabbling in popcorn prophecy, fire tunnels, God's glory, and more. Yeah, I never even heard of fire tunnels. She says they also elevate their prophets and apostles' word over the word of God. They twist it ever so slightly. That was my experience. So listen, um, this stuff is sinister. My monitor keep flickering on and off. So <laughs> this stuff is sinister. Um, I pray for these people that are in these situations. A lot of these members mean well. You know what I mean? They, they, I, like I said, I do believe many of them love the Lord. It's just like, I'm leaving it alone. It's just like every now and then, stuff just goes left. So listen, family, thank y'all for hanging out with me tonight. Y'all really taught me some things. Uh, anybody who happens to see this, it ain't no beef. It's, it's all love. It's just that, like I said before, if this is legit, which it's, you know, y'all can probably tell. I think that there's where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, It has the potential to be sinister. And there are people that are being hurt. I mean, just just imagine how. How much dying to yourself and your ego, how much what's the word I'm trying to say, Um, how much crow you have to eat to admit that you were under some of this stuff it's 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 like you look back on it and you like man what was i thinking but i just want to say to anybody that is in it or has been through it or anything similar don't beat yourself up about it you know what i mean that's just um that's just uh you know a part of life is a learning experience and if you made it out that means that you are free to free others and that's what this particular other youtube channel that i've been binge watching lately they're free to free others praying for everybody involved listen family that's all i have in this solid talk thank y'all for hopping on thank y'all for your comments your testimonies your questions that's all i have in this solid talk you all take care and be blessed it's a solid talk Speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless I can't even call it We in the last days Babylon is falling 
Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Let's walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check and from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven, the born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in, let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in.